Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, we are having some... Uh, technical difficulties out on uh, the East Coast. Uh, Joseph Whalen, our, our uh, co-host, our lovely co-host, is having trouble joining us. And uh, hopefully he'll be able to do that rather shortly because uh, I hope it works out because we have a, a great show for you. Um, there we go. Um, I think we have, I think we figured it out now. Are you there? I am. I, I believe I am. Hello? <laughs> That's perfect. All right, go ahead. Glad All to right. have you. So I, Glad to have you on board. Yeah. Sorry, this has been a this has been a mess. I'm not quite sure where uh <laughs> this is a sorry for the technical difficulties on my end, but I'm glad to be joining you again and uh in, in this fashion and I guess uh, I don't know how far we're into the show, but this is the uh the Mark Strite episode, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> And uh, and I guess you, uh, I'll be the Christian Follin to your Mark Strike, considering he just resigned last week. And uh, and yeah, we got a bunch of Habs news that ties into uh, to Christian Follin that we're going to get to a little bit later on. So this should be interesting. <laughs> well, if you're going to say Mark Mark Strike, you have to you have to say it to say it like they do on on the RDS broadcast. Mark oh, yeah. Strike, you know, you say it with the. <laughs> to say with your yeah. chest yeah mark Strait yeah. was a he was i mean i mean that was a guy was it was so strange to me watching him when when i was just a, a young habs fan and he was a guy that played forward and defense and as well the, the point on the power play and then he went to new york and he played the point uh, it was just a strange a strangely versatile player was mark Strait, and i enjoyed him when uh when uh i enjoyed watching him when uh when he was on the habs so he played alongside Michael Ryder, and uh, in that game against the New York uh, New York Rangers, the six-five comeback win, he was playing with Michael Ryder. There's your Newfoundland tie-in. So uh, yeah, Mark Streit, and, uh, and and yeah, so this should be an, a good episode. We were going to get to some Habs news, and uh, and we're going to talk about the NHL playoffs, and and we've got uh, an interesting segment too, and and a question of the week where it all ties back in together because we're going to be talking about what we think the rosters are going to be looking like next season. And then we ask you, our lovely audience, what Mark Bergevin might do next. Mark Bergevin wasted no time walking up Folan, Thompson, and Wheel. What's next? We ask you in, in the third segment. But we will predict our rosters in the second segment. So this is going to be a fun show. I've, I've been really looking forward to this. And uh, unfortunately, we've been bogged down by some technical difficulties, but uh We'll get this thing on uh, back on the right track, shall we? Well, before uh, just just before we get to uh, our our packed agenda, uh, let me bring up another number thirty-two. Um, that absolutely, uh, uh, and that is Gordy Dwyer. Um, Gordy mm-hmm. Dwyer didn't play that many games for the Montreal Canadiens, but a uh, New Brunswick guy and uh, turned into a pretty darn good coach. And had the opportunity to talk to him uh, several times at development camp. Um, when he helped out with uh, with the Habs uh, development camp, um, one of those guys that gets in there and does the drills uh, right with the players, and um, and then he went on to uh, that was uh, he was uh, coaching in the queue for Charlottetown, and then he went on to uh, I think he was coaching last I heard the KHL um, with uh, Dynamo. Um, but being from New Brunswick, uh, there's some things going on in New Brunswick and Quebec uh, these days uh, that we want to uh, um, uh, talk about a little bit, and that is uh, some some spring flooding and um, and the folks in uh, particularly in in the Montreal area, Pierre Phones and in Laval, um, there's some um, there's some pretty severe flooding happening. Uh, rain doesn't help that. Um, and as I understand, 75 homes evacuated and, and, 
you know, I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners uh, are, uh, have been affected, uh, whether they be in Montreal area, in New Brunswick, um, and just want uh, to let uh, you guys know that um, you're in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, stay safe. Yeah. Um, and also to recognize that uh, the Canadian Armed Forces um, are uh, being brought in to uh, help out with the uh, flood relief efforts and measures that uh, putting up temporary dikes and those kinds of things. Uh, and it just so happens that on our staff, on our rocket sports team, we have three active duty military persons, um, uh, Blaine, Treg and Matt. Um, and um, so if, if you see um, an active duty military person in your neighborhood and they're helping out with the um, uh, relief efforts, um, you know, buy them a coffee, make them a sandwich, or, or just say thank mm-hmm. you uh, for yeah. uh, for helping out in this uh, very difficult time for uh, for our friends in in Quebec and New Brunswick. Yeah, absolutely. We wish nothing but best and, and safety to everyone, and hope that this uh, this gets sorted out and uh, you know as quickly as possible. Um, so not an easy segue to make. But uh, will we will we talk about some Habs news? Maybe lift the spirits of some people that are in and around those areas in the process. Absolutely. So we uh, we talked last week about Christian Folan because the the Canadians made quick work in in re-signing Christian Folan, as our question of the week suggests. Uh, Mark Bergevin followed that up uh, with uh, with with two signings this week. One was was a little bit surprising. The other, I think, most people probably saw coming. Uh, Nate Thompson re-upped on a on a one-year deal, and that was uh, one that I think brought a little bit of of a raising of the eyebrow for most Canadians fans. And and Jordan Wheel, he looked pretty good uh, from uh, the trade deadline onwards. So I think his two-year extension made a little bit more sense. But but what did you make of those signings? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's hard to criticize them uh, because I think that, that um, the and seems to uh, dive right in and, and make blunders uh, and, and then uh, repair them. And, and certainly um, his fourth line was not uh, what it should have been um uh, last uh, at the beginning of last season and and that was that was due to i mean th- those were self-inflicted mistakes um Jakob De La Rose would have been an excellent fourth line center but uh to choose to uh, put him on waivers over someone like uh, Pekka or Delorier or um it, it 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 was a mistake it was a, it was a significant mistake because then the fourth line st- uh, struggled um, without guys like Jakob De La Rose and um, uh, struggled right up into the trade deadline until uh, Mark Bergevin was able to make those changes to, 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 to repair things. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in doing so, then, then he had to, in, and um, he brought in Folan, uh, brought in Thompson, brought in Wheel. Um, and then in doing so, he, he, um, uh, you know, other things were sacrificed. He sacrificed some, uh, uh, veteran, um, leadership in, in, um, uh, uh Laval with phrase going and Chapu and Agostino, um, and, and weaken them, weaken their forward line, um, and uh, he had to take on guys like Dale Weiss, who, who Dale Weiss, I'm sorry, uh, I, I like Dale Weiss, but, um, you know, he, he, he's just that, that burden of a contract now that, that uh, Mark Bergevin has, has dug himself another hole, another problem to solve. Um, but as far as, as Thompson, um, you know, a, a good veteran guy, we didn't see much of him for the first, I don't know, um, um, half a dozen, 10 games. Um, and then he kind of emerged and found himself and, and contributed, um, face-offs, penalty kill, Jordan wheel. Um, he was, 
you know, he fit right in uh, right away and, and Claude Julian used him, probably overused him uh, <laughs> in, in situations. And um, the only thing with, with wheel is uh, was he was making uh, a little bit too much money at that point, uh, but that's been rectified. Um, so, uh, you know, all of these things have, have, um, have taken time. Uh, but it looks like they have worked out and, and um, uh, the, the Canadians certainly have, have their, their fourth line uh, settled. Uh, but now um, Mark Bergevin has to deal with uh, these extra bodies and in the form of, as we said, Matthew Perot, Dale Weiss, Nicolas, Nicolas Delorier, um he's 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 got to do something with with those fellows otherwise they'll be heading down and clogging up things in uh in Laval. yeah and and i mean i like me some nate thompson i was i was excited about that acquisition and i know it's not the biggest thing to get excited about but i did like what he brought to the table but then you look at the game against the Washington Capitals, and on multiple occasions it seemed as though he and Paul Byron got their wires crossed. And I know that it's strange to, you know, for the Montreal Canadiens, they had about three or four most important games of the season down the stretch. But the Washington game was, was really the, the most important one. And, and, and that was one where for Nate Thompson, a guy that has this, you know, this defensive acumen that, that it is, that's the best part of his game, the face-off circle and and, and defense is his own zone. It, it didn't look especially great on him that that he was uh, you know not in the right position and in a couple uh, a couple times that night. And uh, you know I think that next season, I, I don't think that there would be anybody that would be able to replace what Nate Thompson can provide. But I, I was surprised that they were would commit to next season without first kind of looking outward and seeing what their other options were. That was the thing that I was a little bit surprised by. Jordan Wheel, I, I kind of suspected that was going to, to happen. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that he was, yeah, like to your point, I think he was overused, and, and he was playing with Jonathan Drouin in that Washington game. And, and as I said a few weeks back, it seemed as though Jonathan Drouin was allowing Jordan Wheel to be the one to create all of the offense. And and that's that's something. I mean, uh, I think that next season you you uh, you probably won't see him in that position. So uh, that'll be uh, an added bonus for the Montreal Canadiens. I think that you'll probably see him playing in a in a top nine role or maybe a fourth line guy. And and hopefully that would be a little bit more of a of a spot where he doesn't have that kind of responsibility put on him by uh, by a Jonathan Drouin. But anyways, uh, I digress. I think that that was one of the ones. That was Jordan Wheel was the one that I that I thought was going to happen all along and it was Folan and Thompson that were a little bit of a question mark and yet it was those two guys that got done first. So that was the surprising uh thing for me. Um and it's it's going to be it's going to be we're assuming at least I'm assuming um, that Nate Thompson is going to be the extra forward and he's not going to be yeah. in the lineup every single night. And if he is in the lineup every single night, uh, there's a problem. I don't want to see him displace Ryan Paling. And um, no. uh, the difficulty is we have a coach behind the bench that likes his his fourth line vets, likes his Steve Otts and uh, that mm-hmm. kind of player. And um, I, I, I want to see a lot of paling. Uh, I want to see a little bit of, of Nate Thompson, um, and, and that will be okay. Uh, to your point about the order of operations here, being a math guy, order of operations is very important. Yeah. But, um, but it being a little strange, we think it's a little strange that he dives in and, um, and gets after his, his fourth line first. Um, now we're, we're um, with our technical difficulties. We don't have uh, uh, the the normal uh, ability to play the clips that we do. But I I, I have uh, from from Kyle Dubas uh, his his post game or sorry his postseason uh, wrap up. I have a little bit of a 
uh, quote from him, and hopefully you'll be able to uh, hear this given <laughs> given our, yeah. our current uh, <laughs> situation. Hang on. Well, I think it's imperative for all the other facets of our team. So with Mitch, as I said, is priority one. So without an answer on Mitch, uh, we're not we're going to kind of be in a, at a stalemate, right? So. Um, it is a it is a top priority because we're not going to jump around and, and and chew up our cap space that we may need for Mitch by with fringe signings either right and and um, so it's it's important now we just have to get to work on it and get it done. Could did that come through okay, Joe? Could you hear that it sort did. of? Yeah. Um, so so what you heard Kyle Dubas say is. Um, uh, and they're, they're talking about Mitch Marner, and it's a different situation, uh, obviously. I got granted because they have to sign um, uh, one of their top players, but I think the the if we can generalize it a little bit, what he's talking about is is um, setting the priority for the top players for their for their for their biggest concerns, uh, setting that as their top priority, um, and. Yeah. And not wanting to go out and, as he said, sign fringe players to chew up cap space. Um, I thought that was rem- a, a remarkable uh, difference between. Uh, and, yeah. and you know, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm. I'm not a. I'm not necessarily a big Kyle Dubas fan. Um, but I, I just thought it was a um, a real difference in philosophy between a Bergevin. Um, and and we've 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 heard uh, some people describe Bergevin as as uh, and his recent moves as as you know uh, painting the trim and then before he paints the walls kind of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but other general managers look at things differently, and they look at their their uh, top priorities and their top holes and their top concerns, and try to address those first, or at least have a plan for those first. And then, um, you know, fit in the, the, the extra pieces, the fringe players, as Dubas calls them. Uh, thought that was, was uh, rather remarkable as it relates to Montreal. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that is probably, and for Mark Bergevin, I think that that's kind of the way that it's, it, it, it's a great point because it is the opposite of what we've seen with Mark Bergevin for, for most of his time here, it seems that it's been, okay, let's, let's set up the out, let's set the perimeter and then we're going to go and we're going to get a guy that can actually do something and get something done. Let's get the depth. Let's get all the depth that we need. And eventually we'll, we'll get somebody that's going to be able to produce at a high level. And that just hasn't come around. And, And we've seen the exact opposite in Toronto where they've been able to draft well enough in like with, with guys like Kappen and, and Andreas Janssen, and the list goes on, that they've got enough guys that can supplement their grade-A talent. And that's the exact opposite. So it'll be interesting to see if Montreal, I mean, in, in this offseason, and, and with guys uh, like uh, like Akat Kanyemi and Orion Paling, like you said, if those are the guys that can't become the producers and then everything else falls into place and makes sense. But it would just be in this completely opposite way of a, of a team like Toronto. And that would be uh that'd be really interesting for a matchup point of perspective to see which one is maybe a little bit more effective. Is it the ability to roll four lines or in a few years when the Leafs might be able to, or might be in some cap trouble, potentially, we don't know. It could happen. Maybe that's something that would be a, be an interesting matchup to see the, see the depth versus the, the top heavy offensive juggernaut. So That'll be uh, that'll be something to watch. See these philosophies collide. <laughs> well, I think that that um, uh, when you, you speak about the cap, I think there's a bit of a um, misapprehension out there, a bit of a myth about the Canadians' cap position. Because yeah. as I scan Twitter, I see that um, you know the Canadians have 18 million dollars in cap. They have this amount of that that they can go out and and uh, just spend their way out of the, the situation. And it's not really the case. Um, not at all. And um, I think that uh, it was Eric Ingalls. Um, he says, um, Habs have 14 forwards, four defense, two goalies signed, 
and 11 million in cap space uh, left. Now that's based on the 79 million dollar cap that is expected to go up. Yeah. Uh, Lekkonen, uh, Armia, Kulak all need new contracts. Uh, that would leave uh, Houdon, Riley, and Jordy Ben um, out, and and it's unclear whether whether those uh, guys will be um, needing contracts. But but the business about going out and and uh, adding a you know a a, a top pairing D and a and a and a big um, a scoring winger um, has to be done a bit carefully. And um, the Canadians don't have all the cap room that uh, people think they have, especially when you have a Carl Alsner um, on the books, especially when you have a a Nicholas Delorier, 2 million on the books, a Matthew Peck at 1.3, a Dale Weiss at a million. Um, All those players not expected to be uh, contributors next season. Um, But yet the, 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 uh, their their salary uh, remains on the books, and so uh, that also restricts um, Mark Bergevin um, when it comes to uh, going out and making the Armia kind of deal, uh, where he took on uh, um, Mason Steve Mason's uh, salary. I see a lot of that on Twitter that that's being promoted, and uh, it's he's not as as uh, flexible to be able to do that this year. But we'll get to, we'll get to that in the in the second segment. Um, but there's yeah. more Canadians news to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, when you look at what we were talking about last week, I mean, we've still got a little bit of a little bit to talk about concerning the future because uh, Nick Suzuki just keeps on going, doesn't he? Uh, he does, he does. Um, and his, uh, his Guelph storm, um, who were down in the series, um, they were down in the series two, nothing. And then three to one, um, they, they won, um, they were facing elimination on Friday night. They beat Saginaw. They shut them out, beat them for nothing. Um, Suzuki assisted on each of the Guelph, uh, storms, four goals, uh, that was his. Uh, that was a career high, uh, four point playoff game. He was um, he was named second star, and um, and uh, he now has 29 points in 16 playoff games, and that uh, he leads the CHL in playoff uh, scoring. So that's uh, um, absolutely remarkable. And going again Sunday afternoon in Guelph uh, against uh, Saginaw with uh, the Storm down three two now. Um, so, uh, Nick Suzuki, uh, um, uh, having had an amazing regular season and, uh, has even, um, ramped that up a little bit in the playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, will we talk a little bit about the NHL playoffs that have, uh, continued to, uh, to progress as, as the weeks go by, um, Toronto Maple Leafs we, we definitely will. I just want to squeeze in a yeah. couple of other. Um, yeah. We don't. We don't want to forget about uh, Jesperi uh, Kakinemi, um, oh, who yes, yeah. underwent uh, arthroscopic knee surgery this week. Um, it, it was uh, done in Montreal. It was. Uh, it's. It's said that it was a, a minor injury, but a chronic injury. Uh, they said it wasn't one that affected him, but. Um, um, that that it was something that needed to be taken care of and taken care of uh, early in the off season so he can get back to training, and um, there should be no issue there with um, uh, uh, him it, it affecting training camp. He should be right on schedule for training camp. Um, yeah, and and yeah. Go ahead. And the hope would be that he would also, I mean, and and do it in in a, in in this timely fashion where it's early enough that he can get back, and hopefully still add it because next season you would hope that he he is moved into a more uh, significant role on the Canadians. You would hope that he might be able to add a little bit of of muscle potentially and uh, get back before training camp into his his training regimen, whatever that may uh, contain this off season. The other piece of Canadians news just before we get to uh, the NHL playoffs um, is uh, Carey Price made some news and it kind of startled some Habs fans yeah. uh, with some <laughs> um, uh, uh, shoulder ink, uh, a sleeve that 
is apparently a work in progress that um, he got done by a, uh, a Calgary based tattoo artist. Uh, and it's a bear. And, and right away, Habs fans were, yeah, uh, Bruins. <laughs> uh, but, but really when you, when you, um, uh, read the story and, uh, and it talks about him paying homage to his, uh, first nation, first nation heritage. Um, it represents his family. It's, uh, you know, with, the uh, the bears and the bear cubs, uh, and then the, even, you know, his dad in the, the Piper airplane flying over the scene, uh, and the, um, uh, the mountains in the back, it's, it's, um, uh, the peak of the, the Anaheim mountains and it's, it's remarkable. And, and, uh, yeah. uh obviously something that, that, uh, means, uh, you know, something deep to him. And, and, uh, um, so I, perhaps <laughs> fans can, can uh, look beyond just the the uh, you know the bear in, in terms of of what what's really meant uh, by it and, and and what it means to him. Yeah, and it's funny to go as I was doing just before we started the show about an hour or so ago, looking through the comments of uh, of uh, on uh, on that post and and one was Victor Meta saying unreal, which it it is it is quite the uh, quite the good looking tattoo that he has. Um, and another one was from his sister saying that his mother was not going to be very happy about that, <laughs> which uh, I feel like is a very relatable <laughs> for anyone that uh, has ever had that type of a, of a tattoo done. There's, I guess there's that fear in the back of the mind, but anyways, it's still a, a lovely tattoo. And as it says, it, he, uh, is paying tribute to his, his, uh, his, uh, lineage as well. So that is a, it is a really good looking tattoo. And I suggest that you, if you haven't seen it yet, you go to uh, to his Instagram and have a look, and maybe don't freak out about the bears and, and the Bruins and everything like that, like Rick said. <laughs> and there's more to come. Uh, apparently, apparently, uh, there's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not done yet, so we'll we'll see where it's this still, where this indeed goes. It's gonna uh, be but now we've got, as you mentioned, we've got some NHL news yeah. to uh, and playoff news to talk about. Yeah. So we, as you said, you we had you talked about Kyle Dubas. You played that clip. Uh, it was a disappointment once again, and probably what was the most uh, conflicting series for Montreal Canadiens fans. I mean, uh, me watching it personally, I didn't know what I wanted to happen. I was I, I fist pumped when Tavares scored, and I was like, "What am I doing?" Um, anyways, <laughs> so Game Seven once again, the Boston Bruins win five to one. They close that series out. Uh, Carolina beat Washington in seven games. Um, Rick Stevens. You were on that bandwagon very early. I give you credit for that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so they beat, beat the Washington Capitals. The defending cup champions are gone in seven. And then you have the San Jose Sharks beating Vegas in seven games as well. So there goes the two Stanley Cup finalists from last season. Uh, we've had round two that has since started, and we've got Boston, St. Louis, Carolina, and San Jose all taking 1-0 series leads in those series. So the playoffs just continue to be a, uh, I mean, I, I think that San Jose, that one is maybe a little less surprising because they're a very formidable team themselves, but this playoffs has seen a lot of, of giants go down. And I mean, two of the Stanley cup finalists from last season, they're out the door. So this is really anyone's game from this moment on. Well, that's, that's what's, you know, um, as you said, the the Stanley Cup champ, they're gone. Uh, the 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 finalist in Vegas, they're gone. Um, division uh, leader, uh, the Presidents Trophy winner, gone. Division leaders, yeah. they're all gone. Um, but w- I think what's most remarkable to me is, um, and I don't remember who tweeted this, but um, oh, it was it was uh, the stats account from Sportsnet uh, said that um, fifteen of the top 20 goal scorers uh from the regular season are gone there's only five left yes uh and of those five okay the five are atkinson mckinnon pasternak and marchand uh and pavelski pavelski uh, you know are we going to see pavelski again um that injury um the the whole situation with eakins and stastny yeah. um that looked pretty serious and and so uh, only only four um, of the 20 
um, of the top uh, scorers in the league um, are are being represented right now in the in the playoffs. That's 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 stunning to me. Um, I appreciate what you said about Carolina. I, I, you know, uh, I, Mr. Rick Dudley is, is one of the smartest guys I know in hockey and, uh, he's done behind the scenes, remarkable things, uh, with that franchise, um, and shows that, uh, you know, what can happen when he's listened to, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, I, I saw something in them before Christmas. I was talking about them in December. Of course, they were nowhere near a playoff position at, at that point. Uh, but just no. liked what, what the energy there and the way they were playing. And, and, uh, and, you know, how about Justin Williams, um, uh, Mr. Game seven, <laughs> uh, getting the assist to, uh, to, to move them on to, to the second round, Rod Brindamore, who's done a remarkable job as, uh, as head coach, um, you know uh, the Vegas, the Vegas uh, San Jose thing. Um, you know the, the whole discussion about officiating that happened. Uh, the whole discussion about um, uh, video replay that's happened since then. Uh, but it, uh, you know, if you're if you're in Vegas, you can't allow four goals, four power play goals on the same power play. You just can't. Uh, they've got to take. Yeah. And Mark uh, Andre Fleury has to take some blame. I didn't think he look particularly good in that series. Um, yeah. Uh, and um, I'll just say, uh, uh, Charlie Coyle, um, you know, uh, do, do uh, deadline moves help? Uh, certainly did for Boston. And you know what? It didn't cost them, as Mark Bergevin was saying, uh, it didn't cost no. them um, an arm and a leg to get him. Uh, the whole Leafs Boston thing is you, you asked me about that. And as I said, at the time, I would cheer for the central red army, uh, before I would cheer <laughs> for the Bruins. Um, and, and, and that still, that still holds, but, um, there's a word that the, the celebrating after the Leafs by Habs fans, after the Leafs were ousted, um, schadenfreude, uh, that, that, yeah that that word that we don't have in english uh the 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 pleasure that canadians fans were deriving in the demise of of of, of others <laughs> or of a foe um enjoying the misery of 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 the leafs and the leafs fans was was remarkable um yeah so all of that uh to say um um you know i i think it's always said that um get into the playoffs and anything can happen. Uh, that's not, that's, that's for the most part, that's not true. It's, it's usually the, um, uh, the higher seeds that, uh, that have success in the playoffs, but you remember yeah. those cases where, where it hasn't worked out that way. Um, and this is a year because now, as we said, with all those division leaders out with all the top scorers out, um, it's wide open. The path is wide open to the Stanley Cup. And I understand Habs fans who are saying, Mark, you know, uh, a couple of moves that wouldn't have cost yeah. the, the, you the top prospects. Uh, make the, why didn't you make the moves? Yeah, and, and that's, that's something that I think when we look back on this past deadline, I know that everyone around that time was saying, well, you know, you're going to make these moves and it's just going to be all for naught because you're going to be playing Tampa Bay in the first round. And, you know, I think that it's a different situation if Montreal faces Tampa Bay, maybe, who knows? We don't know that. But given what Columbus looks like now and the facelift, the serious facelift that Yarmo Kekalainen gave them in and around the deadline, you know, that's not your typical wild card team. Um, it, it's still, you know, I think that when you look at, uh, that situation though, you mentioned Charlie Coyle, Marcus Johansson, uh, you look at Carolina, Nino Niederreiter, these are pickups that they made and, and the su- success is varying in all of them. Like it is for any trade, but go and you make an addition, you add some depth, you do something to kind of at least put your team, give them that little boost in the arm, that little shot in the arm, that little bit of adrenaline headed down the stretch and you know Mark Bergevin decided not to go down that road and maybe if he had maybe 
Montreal would be one of those teams that unseated a division leader. We don't know, but I mean, it, it's, it's fair to speculate given what we've seen, because this has been craziness all over the place. <laughs> so uh, let's, anyways, let's, I guess, yeah. Uh, just, just to support what you said there. Um, and, and it's, it's going out and the general manager, yes. Uh, Columbus went out and swung for the fences. Um, um, uh, Vegas did the same with, with uh, adding stone. And, uh, but, yeah. but let's look at, at GMs who just GMs who are still in the playoffs, who address that, that little need that, that might have put them over the top and what it cost uh, for Boston, yeah. Charlie Coyle, uh, Donato and a fifth round pick. Uh, San Jose Sharks, Gustav Nyquist, a second round pick and a conditional third. Dallas, yeah. Matt Zuccarello, second round pick and a conditional third. Um, Columbus with Dezingle, declare in two seconds. You mentioned Nino Niederreiter for Carolina, Victor Rask uh, the, the pro, the, going the other way. These are not, um, this is, these are not you know, big payouts uh, to add. No. Uh, critical pieces to your team to fill some holes. And uh, so I'm, I understand fully what uh, fans are saying. Uh, Mark Bergevin did not let his, let his fans down and let his team uh, down by his uh, uh, inability to do anything at the trade deadline. So with Mark Bergevin on the mind, (laughs) shall we take a quick break and come back with what we think Mark Bergevin should try to do this offseason. All right, let's do that. And you are listening to the Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. All right, we're back, and you're listening to Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio here with Joseph Whalen, and uh, we're we having some technical difficulties, so bear with us, but we're powering through this. Um, yeah. And uh, we got uh, all kinds of things left to talk about, uh, including our question of the day. And uh, we do want to hear from you on that. The Canadians Connection question of the day is, uh, Mark Bergevin wasted no time locking up Folan, Thompson, and Wheel early in the offseason. What's next? What's next for Mark Bergevin? Um, make sure you uh, uh, reach out to us on social media, whether it's uh, Twitter, whether it is uh, Facebook, uh, or you can, uh, if you're listening, especially if you're listening on demand, you can text us anytime. Our text line, Rocket Sports text line is 5853-ROCKET. That's 5853-ROCKET. Yeah, so we want to know what you guys think Mark Bergevin is going to do next. But... At the same time, we are going to predict the entire <laughs> – we're going to surpass all the, the off season. And we're going to go all the way to next season and predict what we think the opening night roster will be. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to skip all that boring stuff in between. <laughs> no, we're going to get right back to next. We're going to skip ahead to next season when hockey is just around the corner, and we're going to discuss what we think that opening night roster might look like next season for the Montreal Canadiens. So, Rick, would you like to bat lead off on this? You know what? In the honor of, of uh, number 27, uh, Vlad Guerrero <laughs> Jr., <laughs> uh, making his debut yesterday and you being a big uh, uh, Toronto Blue Jays fan, uh, I'm going to let you uh, take this. Wow. That is – thank you very much. And uh, good to get Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in there for all the uh, – the hoopla on Twitter yesterday 
for uh, for him for his debut and the ridiculous home runs that he crushed in batting practice and almost almost in the game. But uh, anyways, we'll talk about the we'll talk about that at a later time. Um, Is there a hashtag so, almost Vlad Guerrero Jr. like it prob- in- there probably was the uh, almost okay. hashtag almost homered or whatever something like that some probably something more clever than that but uh <laughs> but anyways um so for next season i've got a couple of things that i would like to see happen and a few things that i predict that will happen that i might not be as big a fan of but anyways we'll we'll get to that uh the first thing that i would suggest is try try to sell high on andrew shaw or as high as you can and that will play into what I'm going to suggest later on. Um, I think you look back at this season for Andrew, this is a career-high season for Andrew Shaw, but he is making a little less than $4 million per, and whether or not teams would be willing to take on that salary, is uh, that remains to be seen. Even it was 47 points, I think. That still might not be enough to get teams to bite on that contract. Um, so that'll be one thing that I would like to see happen. And I, and I don't, you know, I like Andrew Shaw, but that might be something to, to consider if it's a possibility. Um, I would say that the first line would probably be the Tatar, Dano Gallagher that we saw for most of the season on opening night. Hopefully that is subject to change as the season progresses. You look at maybe the second line as being Drewen, Paling, and Domi. At least I would hope that that might be what it would look like. You could probably put Kotkaniemi in the middle, either or, I'm fine with. I think the main thing is to allow one of those guys the second, give them the second line role and give Max Domi a little bit more freedom from the defensive side and give him the space on the wing to, to create some more offense. And also, we saw Jonathan Drouin play his, I, I don't know if I'll say best hockey, but we saw him put up points with Max Domi. Um, the only concern would be that Paling and Kotkaniemi would have to be the defensive-minded, you know, and maybe they can be that, but that's a lot of responsibility to put on their shoulders. But I think that this is something that we might see next year because of the success or perceived success that that duo had. Um Third line, you're looking at maybe a Lekkanen, Kotkaniemi, Armia, that type of line that we saw last season. I would like to see those guys come back together. I thought that they played really well together, so maybe that might be something that we see. And the fourth line, I think, I, you know, we, we saw them go out and get uh, a Paul. Uh, we saw them resign a Nate Thompson and Jordan Wheel. Maybe you see those guys um, kind of platoon that center ice spot. Maybe you see them play together. It's It's all really open to whatever else happens over the course of the off season. Um, but I got a, a, you know, a, a suggested free agent uh, signing that I would like to see, which is uh, Jordan Eberle, who is in the middle of a, of a really nice playoff for the, uh, for the New York Islanders scored four goals in the first round, just tore Pittsburgh apart. <laughs> and his 12 points on the power play would put him second on the Montreal Canadiens. His seven goals would put him in first two above Shea Weber and that is a, that's something that the Montreal Canadiens should be looking to address. The cap situation, as you said, might not be as, uh, you know, they, they might not have as much space as people are maybe suggesting. If this is a way, maybe if you can sell high on Andrew Shaw, dump that cap a little bit, it gives you a little bit more flexibility. You can make this signing, which I think uh, is the less, uh, the less important of the two signings that I will throw out there so maybe this one can be uh, you know kind of uh, thrown out if you don't have all the space in the world to make both of these work because I think we both agree that the bigger issue is on the left side of the defense which I'll move to very quickly and I think that Jake Gardner might be a guy that the Montreal Canadiens look at and I know I know when I say that I've got a Leafs fan uh, one of my best friends is a Leafs fan he is done with Jake Gardner because of the two game sevens that he's played in consecutive years against the Boston Bruins However, that was a guy, and I know that this will also raise a red flag. He was playing hurt, and I think he said in his end of season, you know, with with the Leafs when they wrapped up to the press, I think he said that he would be looking to avoid back surgery. Um, so that is a bit of a red flag for the Montreal Canadiens and anybody that's looking to uh, to sign Jake Gardner. 
but he's a guy that played hurt. And if you're looking for a character guy, I know that money, uh, it's not best to invest on uh, character, but uh, if for all that Mark Bergevin has said about it, that's a guy that was playing hurt and sacrificed millions of dollars to help his team that was floundering defensively without him. And I know that he's got his shortcomings, but I think playing with Shea Weber might be able to help him out in that regard. Also, you've got, uh, you know, uh, I think that his, well, he only had five playoff uh, or five uh, power play points. I think that he could probably help that out as well. Just a good puck mover. Shifts Meta down with Petrie. You've got Kulak and Fallen. And, you know, I would like to see Learnout get a look. And Juleson, I think, needs some time uh, in Laval maybe to get back to where, you know, a comfort level. Um, and, and really beyond that, I mean, Price, Charlie Lindgren, I think that Charlie Lindgren is their best, uh, you know, I think it would be a waste to go out there and sign another goalie. As you said, they don't have as much flexibility as, as you might think. So uh, Charlie Lindgren, you've already got him signed. His, his contract is one way this year. You might as well go with Charlie Lindgren as the backup. Uh, so, yeah, that would be my uh, prediction. <laughs> All right. Well done. And if you agree with Joe or if you disagree with Joe, um, yeah. we want to hear, we want to hear about it. He wants to hear about it. I want to hear about it. I do. Um, <laughs> for, for me, I agree with some things you said. I disagree with others. Um, before yeah. I get started, um, I'm just going to give a shout out to uh, a, a good buddy who started this uh, and, and kind of asked for, uh, we were in touch when he started his site, and and now he's uh, uh, his site is a monster uh, site on on the internet, and that's uh, Cap Friendly. If you go to Cap yeah. Friendly, you can use their GM to, tools to to build uh, a roster, uh, and you have to make the money work. Uh, you have to mm. you have to in order to do it. It's it's cleverly done. Um, make use of it. Uh, a shout out to uh, uh, our friends at uh, Cap Friendly. Um, and so I, I used his, the GM tool to, uh, to put together, um, my little make believe roster and, uh, believe it or not, the numbers do work. Um, ah. first and foremost, um, the, my, my whole strategy, there's things that I'd like to do, but I know yeah. that they're not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, I, I, I think that that Jonathan Duran is um, heading full steam along the, the path of Alexander Degg. And, um, and unfortunately, uh, but I don't think, I don't think his, um, his, his place is, is going to change anytime soon. He's going to be on the roster. So we'll leave that alone. But my strategy is um, uh, that the Canadians need a scoring winger and they need a um, top four defenseman. Um, and, and the issue is that, yes, there are all these uh, prospects, and, and uh, Trevor Timmons and, and Shane Churler have been doing a good job. Um, yeah. Now that they're, they're, they have been given a third, finally uh, to make their picks, um, have been bring, doing a good job bringing these people in. Uh, there's a, a time crunch. And when when they are maximized, uh, they, you know, they aren't necessarily going to mesh with the veterans. And we heard Carey Price say that uh, his window's closing, uh, Shea Weber's window's closing. Um, I think in order to have the best chance of, of the Stanley Cup, we're looking at uh, a two or three year window. Um, yeah. So I want to... Uh, my strategy is going to do things that I wouldn't normally do um, because we can't be patient enough to, to, to let all these prospects mature. Um, yeah. First and foremost is, um, and I'm going to agree with you, getting rid of Andrew Shaw. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, uh, he's had a, a career year. Um, and uh, so you want to sell high. Um, you want to sell high on Andrew Shaw. Uh, I, I, I never liked, uh, the acquisition. I never liked the contract. Um, it, it was always a generous contract. And, and I also, I, 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 I keep 
looking at what was given up to get Andrew Shaw and, and no <laughs> one will convince me that uh, it was worth it. Uh, giving up um, what would have been uh, Alex Debrincat, giving up what would have been Samuel Girard. Um, again, uh, Mark Bergevin has created his, his own holes on the left side of the def- defense, um, um, foregoing getting Girard, uh, trading Sergachev, um, getting into a pissing contest with Markov and botching that uh, negotiation. He's created a problem, and it's a big problem. And we, you know, the Canadians can't wait for um, Romanov and, and Josh Brook um, uh, to to uh, be at their peak. Um, they, they they have to uh, address it now. Uh, so trading yeah. Andrew Shaw um, is is key, um, and uh, and he he might be able to. Uh, I think I think that his value uh, is uh, at its peak right now. Um, what I'd like to see coming back is a defenseman, and Andrew Shaw yeah. alone is not going to get you a top four defenseman, just not. Um, but it's time for. Um, all of these these prospects to Mark Bergevin uh, to make use of them. You don't have to give up your Suzuki's or Palings, uh, but maybe someone like a Kale Fleury, who I like a lot and and uh, is going to be a very good defenseman and progressed a lot this season in Laval. But maybe it's time you could give up, um, you know, a, a Kale Fleury. Uh, you could give up a, a, a Jacob Olofsson or Yanni Ikenen or. Uh, one of the prospects that uh, would help out. And, and, and you've got a boatload of picks, um, two second round picks this coming year. Um, you can sweeten the deal there. And what I'm looking for is, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a, a Jake Gardner fan. And, and yeah. <laughs> it's interesting when, when um, uh, it was Blaine's article this past week that had uh, where he talked about Jake Gardner and there was violent um uh, discussions on on uh, face our Facebook page, uh, the All Habs uh, fan page on Facebook. Uh, those wanting, um, you know, uh, strongly wanting Jake Gardner, and those against Jake Gardner. It was it was it was scary. Um, but yeah. the, the guys I'd be looking for are, um, and I've mentioned these before. Um, uh, whether it's uh, Fowler, whether it's uh, Calvin DeHaan, whether it's Gostaspier, uh, that's the kind of person I want to, that's the kind of player that I want to see. Um, and you match that player up with uh, a, a Shane Gostaspier with, with uh, a Petrie, uh, Jeff Petrie. And um, uh, Jeff Petrie has shown that he can play top pairing minutes. Um, then you're able to put uh, Weber uh, and uh, Victor Mata in the second slot, um, and um, uh, and and of course Shea Weber on the the top power play. So um, it would also mean re-signing uh, Brett Kulak uh, and having him paired with Noah Juleson, uh Christian Folan as your extra, as you said, uh, maybe. Um, uh, bringing up learn out. Uh, Josh Brook is not ready. Uh, he won't be ready for yeah. a, at least a year. Romanoff is still in the KHL. Um, you know, there's been some people talking about uh, Tyler Myers again. He's on, uh, he's a free agent, but on the right, he's on the right side. Uh, there's uh, been pl- uh, people talking about taking on a big contract and you could do that with a guy like uh, Kulikov uh, plays the left side from the Jets uh, they'll be wanting to uh, get rid of his contract. And maybe, uh, I don't think you could pry Veselainen out of the Jets, but maybe you could get a Mason Appleton um, in, in yeah. for taking on a big contract. That's another kind of way of, of getting at that. But but primarily, if you could um, use um, Andrew Shaw to to and and prospects to um, and picks to to uh, get your your top four defensemen. Um, free agents, I don't, uh, you know, a Panarin, no, Skinner, no, um, you know, um, a lesser name who, who might put up points, a chase on, uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, 
someone that I've always liked and that I know that Trevor Timmons is really high on um, is Brock Nelson um, Mm. from the Islanders and, you know, big, um, uh, good at both ends of the ice, can put up points, uh, can play center, can play uh, left wing. Um, If there was a possibility of getting a Brock Nelson, um, I, I might jump at something like that. If you could, he's, he's a unrestricted free agent or at, at least um, he's headed that way. Uh, potentially uh, yeah. I, I suspect the Islanders will probably want to lock him up, but they've got some uh, juggling to do there. Uh, but if he was available, you know, a 25 goal scorer um, at, who can play center in the wings, then it gives you some flexibility um with moving Domi to the wing, um, Nelson could play in the center while, while paling, while uh, Kakinemi are, are um, um, developing and, and maturing. Um, and, uh, and then Nelson can play the wing when, uh, when those guys are ready to take over. Um, he's somebody that, that I'd keep an eye on. Uh, but certainly uh, the Canadians need help, uh, a scoring winger, uh, somebody that can help with the power play. And I think it, it, um, it's someone they either have to sign or trade for um, to, to be a stopgap until um, these prospects. Uh, I, you know, we talked about Suzuki last um, segment. Um, with all due respect, I, I think he needs – um, some time in Laval next year. I don't think lots of people are pe- penciling him in already. Uh, I wouldn't put him in until the 2020-2021 season. Um, and uh, so I've, I've got a, a, a top line of, of uh, for now, uh, uh, Deneau, Gallagher, and, and Tatar, um, and uh, the the hired gun, whether that's at center or or left wing, Domi and Lekkonen. I really liked uh, Domi and Lekkonen together. Um, um, with all due respect, I I would never put uh, Druan and, <laughs> and uh, Domi back together. I really think that Druan made Domi a, a much worse player, uh, given his defensive uh, issues. Um, third line would be Armia, Kakanyemi, and Duran, with the opportunity for uh, Kakanyemi to move up. And the fourth line would be uh, uh, Byron Paling and Wheel with Thompson as the extra. Um, yeah. So that would be kind of where I'm thinking. And uh, and I guess what we want to hear from is, is um, we want to hear from you as far as what you're thinking uh, for the Canadians lineup next season. Yeah. And I will just say Domi playing with Drew N was one of the things that I think is going to happen that I'm not particularly excited to see happen again, because I think that he did play really, really well with Lekkonen and Shaw. And I, you know, in, in thinking about what to do, with this particular challenge, I was I was thinking about maybe keeping Domi at center, but I think the best thing for him is to be on the wing. And if he is on the wing, then I think that early on next season they might try Drouin and Domi uh, once again. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you more than I agree with myself, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Uh, yeah. We take well, another quick um, break. Yeah, let's take another quick break. Um, and uh, when we come back, we'll uh, take a look at, at uh, your responses to our uh, question of the day. Um, you are listening to the Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, The team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, 
the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. All right. Welcome back to our last segment. Um, we're going to get to uh, our question of the week, and uh, I think there are some responses on Twitter, and I'll let Joe take take that. Yeah. Uh, well, we got uh, Matt Smith of uh, Habs Unfiltered podcast fame saying locking up Lekkonen and Armia will be my, will be next in my opinion. Uh, Blaine Podvan is co-host saying that's one way to dot 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 finish. That's a that's a nice pun. I enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> we have a pattern against user. Okay, that's uh, I don't know who that is, but anyways. Uh, he's saying Lekkonen with about five or six exclamation points, and I agree. That is a that's one that you got to get done. There's a sense of urgency behind that one that I appreciate. And uh, if we go to uh, our friend Chris G, who is uh, always giving his thoughts on the question uh, of the week, uh, he's saying that he thinks that Mark Bergevin is going to go on holidays until the draft. So that is what Mark Bergevin is going to do next, uh, in the opinion of Chris G. What is that? Uh, Facebook have to say. Facebook says, and to to get uh, to uh, join the conversation on Facebook, uh, just type in all Habs, all one word, all Habs on Facebook, and you'll find our fan page there. Um, and Steve Reese, uh, he doesn't like the taxes. It's not Bergevin's fault. Montreal has the highest tax rate in the NHL. You have to pay someone eight million just so you can get it. They can get six. Well. <laughs> Then, um, then change the way you vote, there, Steve. Uh, and if uh, if taxes are, are your issue, but we don't necessarily talk about politics here. Brian Nowak says fire <laughs> banana phone, and of course that is reference to uh, uh, Mark Bergevin two uh, drafts ago, where he was caught using a banana. Uh, a wonderful photo uh, by Amy Johnson, our uh, Rocket Sports uh, colleague, Amy Johnson, captured him having a bit of fun at the draft table with a banana phone. Um, and it was actually a banana. Ah. Um, it, it was, uh, Alan yeah. Allen says, uh, he loves the fourth liners. He doesn't think about getting the team better. Uh, rail Doucette says the Canadians will never get better with Mark Bergevin as GM. Uh, Garth Asham says signing these guys. So he can say that he tried when the free agents ignore him, uh, referencing uh, that uh, some people just didn't even want to talk to uh, Mark Bergevin last summer. Uh, uh, Stasny one, uh, Tavares the other. Um, Randy Uhl says, uh, this is the same general manager that signed Alsner. Hope he does better this offseason. Uh, Graham Hook says, how about signing the myth- mythical top center? Uh, well, Canadians have a, a fair number of, of centers coming up. Uh, Emily Keith Sinclair says, sign William Nylander and Jake Gardner. All right. I'm not sure how he'll get Nylander, but I guess that's, uh, uh, well, uh, he, he said that he wouldn't go after, uh, he wouldn't use an offer sheet, right? Yeah. Um, and we have Rodney Barrett says, what's next? How about signing Armia? Lekkonen, Houdon, Kulak, Riley. Um, okay, then you'd have exactly the same. I don't, I don't expect we'll see uh, Riley back. I, 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 I love Charles Houdon, um, but uh, hasn't really done enough to earn a spot, and I don't think we'll see uh, Charles back. Uh, but thanks, everyone, for your comments. Um, and uh, you still have time uh, to either uh, send us a tweet um, on Twitter, uh, find uh, the uh, All Habs Facebook page, uh, or send us a text uh, anytime, 24 hours a day, 5853-ROCKET. It's 5853-ROCKET. And, and as tends to be the case with a question of the week that's centered around Mark Bergevin, this is one that I think we're – and we have seen already a lot of uh, differing viewpoints, a lot of uh, criticisms of Mark Bergevin, and that's usually how it goes when, uh, when Mark Bergevin is the, uh, the center of attention in our question of the week. And we love to hear 
from uh, from anyone that uh, that has their own uh, that has an opinion on the matter. So, uh, what do you think Mark Bergevin is going to do next? Uh, it's it's going to be a long off season ahead. So, what do you think is going to be next on Mark Bergevin's uh, to do list? That is a that's a very good question and one that we uh, might get the answer to uh, very shortly. Who knows? Well, what he uh, whatever he does, um, we're going to uh, be here to report it. Um, you should check out uh, allhabs.net, allhabs.net. We have fresh new content every day of the off season and, um, and to let you know what, what is happening with your Montreal Canadians. And um, every um, uh, Saturday afternoon at one o'clock, we're here live uh, to kind of distill it all down, tell you what it all means at the Canadians connection podcast. But we also have uh, three other podcasts um, from the press box, uh, our AHL podcast uh, over at AHL.report with myself and Amy Johnson goes every Tuesday um, we have a have a listen um, who um, are uh, slowing things down for the off season, but they just put out a fresh uh, podcast uh, on Friday. Habs unfiltered with Matt Blaine and Treg. Uh, they had a new podcast out on Thursday. Uh, and so go to uh, allhabs.net and uh, select the podcast tab and you can listen to each and every one of those podcasts. But if you're on the move, um, there's uh, another way to find Rocket Sports Radio. Yeah, you can uh, you can find all of those lovely podcasts that Rick Stevens just mentioned on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, such as iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, all of those lovely old podcast apps. If you want to go back and listen to some older episodes or maybe you want to catch the newest ones on the go, they're right there for you when you need them. And uh, as Rick mentioned, there's some great content that's coming out on allhabs.net and some great podcasts. We had the, the as you said, the uh, uh, have, have a listen, just dropped a new episode and uh, that's certainly worth a listen. And I was on the most recent episode of Habs unfiltered and you and Amy just dropped the, uh, the, uh, the AHL reports from the press box. So great stuff coming out of on allhabs.net and uh, some really nice podcasts as well. Well, Joe, thanks very much uh, this week. Again, um, <laughs> we're sorry you got locked out of the studio, but next <laughs> next week uh, you're going to be uh, back at the controls. Uh, we uh, hope, and um, and uh, we'll be we'll be past all of these uh, technical difficulties. But we made it through. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, this was a this was a one that. Got off to a bit of a rough start, but we found our form. We got back on track, and uh, next week, hopefully, from the get-go, we'll be uh, we'll be ready to go. <laughs> so join us, uh, the Canadians Connection, next Saturday at one o'clock. Uh, what time is that in Newfoundland? That is two thirty Eastern, or two thirty Newfoundland time. Eastern. Excuse me. <laughs> All right. Uh, so thank you for joining the Canadians Connection here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, we'll see you next week. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.